If you have your Bible this morning, if you turn with me to Psalms 19, Psalms 19, beginning at verse 1. The title of my message today is Meeting God at the Grand Canyon. Let's look at the word together. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has not gone out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. And in them he has set a tabernacle for the sun. One of the most intriguing movies of the summer of 1997 was a movie called Contact. Did any of you see Contact? Any of you see that movie? Not many of you. Uh, Jodie Foster played Ellie Arroway in that movie. She was a maverick astronomer whose obsessive search for extraterrestrial uh, intelligence almost wrecked her career until one day she tuned on and there was some beeps and this and that and all and, and then kind of a message came through the computer. And she felt like she was getting an email from outer space. Something or someone from outer space was making a contact with her. A being of awesome power, incredible intelligence, and immeasurable magnitude. Although Ellie claimed to be an atheist, her faith in this extraterrestrial intelligence who made contact from outer space was strongly like believers' faith in God. Based on the teachings of the Bible, we too have a greater being, a being of awesome power, incredible intelligence, and immeasurable magnitude. And we believe this greater being has made contact with the inhabitants of this earth. We refer to this great being as God. The contact he has made with us is called revelation. God has revealed himself to us, to each one of us. He has made contact. He has made himself known. How has God made himself known? Theologians have given two answers to that question. There is general revelation and there is special revelation. General revelation is the self-disclosure of God, which all people can perceive by seeing the evidences of his existence in creation. The stars, the moon, the Rocky Mountains, the deserts, the oceans, and the Grand Canyon. Special revelation is the unique self-revelation of God. Through his mighty acts and in the history of Israel, and above all, of course, through Jesus. Through the Bible, which tells us of the God who made himself known in three different ways. 
through the Christian church, which bears witness to Jesus as he is proclaimed in the Bible. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 say, In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets in many times, in many ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. So there's a general revelation and a special revelation. That's what the theologians call it. I want to talk to you today about the general revelation of God. You probably have heard the name Wally Amos. His famous cookies. Namely, the famous Amos chocolate chip cookies. I'm sure you've eaten some of those. They're all over the world. Uh, Big company. But the most important moment in his life, according to Wally Amos himself, was not when he discovered how to make those famous chocolate chip cookies, but when he discovered God. It happened in an unexpected place. The year was 1974. He was at a low point in his life. His marriage had failed. For 13 years, he tried to break into show business, but he never made it. He never was successful. On top of all of that, he was broke. So life was really taking a downturn for him. Life was a downer. So he thought, I've got to break out of this somehow, so he called his three boys And they decided that they were going to take a week off and go out to Arizona to the Grand Canyon. Well, when he caught his first glimpse of the Grand Canyon, something happened to him. He didn't know exactly how to relate what it was, but something definitely happened to him. It led him, we need to let him explain what happened in his own words. Quote, The setting sun orchestrated a symphony of beautiful colors on the canyon's wall. Silently, the cliffs seemed to move in bands of color, first red, then mauve, and then yellow. It took your breath away just to look at it. It was so splendid, so overwhelming, that I stood there awestruck. All I could think of and think about was God. That's all I could think about. For the first time in my life, I could feel God, His power, His majesty, and those puny feelings of staleness and discouragement that I'd had for years, those fell off me, fell away from me, and I didn't have them anymore. It was as if God had handed me His calling card. According to the testimony of famous Amos, he met God at the Grand Canyon. That raises an interesting question for us today. Is it possible to meet God at the Grand Canyon? Yes, the Bible answers. At the Grand Canyon, at Niagara Falls, in the star-studded sky at night, in the changing colors of the leaves and in the rainbows and in the uniqueness of the snowflake and in the birth of a baby. 
Two scriptures, one in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament, speak about God's general revelation. The Old Testament passage is our text for today. Verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. The psalmist said, the skies proclaim the work of his hands. God makes himself known through the creation that he has done. Notice this revelation through creation is continuous. It doesn't just start and then stop and then, uh, you know, might go for a week and then it's gone for a week. It's all the time. It's continuous. This knowledge of God displayed in nature occurs day after day and night after night, verse 2 says. It's there with us all the time. Notice also in verse 4 that this revelation through creation is comprehensive. Their voice goes out into all the earth, their words to the ends of the world. Some deny that we can learn of God through creation. They say, that just can't happen. That can't happen. But let's not tell the Bible what to say. Let's listen to what the Bible says. Psalms 19, 1 through 6, our text. The Bible clearly declares that by the works of creation, we can learn of the existence of God and of his sovereign majesty. This same idea is chronicled in a New Testament passage in Romans 1, 18 through 27. Paul's point in the opening chapter of his Roman epistle was to establish the universal need for the righteousness of God, which is available, of course, through Jesus Christ. Not Buddha, not Mohammed, not Brigham Young. Through Jesus and Jesus alone. Paul began by addressing the Gentiles to those who would excuse the Gentiles by saying, well, they can't be blamed for not knowing God. They didn't receive the law of God. There's no way that they could know God. Paul answered, what may be known about God was plain to them. And because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his his eternal power, his divine nature, they have been clearly seen, clearly, by everybody, being understood from what has been made, so that all men are without excuse. Romans 1, 19 and 20. In creation, the psalmist declared, declared, we can see the glory of God and this revelation of God in creation that should make us praise Him. You know, anywhere you look, you see what God has made. Is it possible to meet God at the Grand Canyon, to know God by works of creation? The Bible says yes. Through the general revelation of God. What are the benefits and the limitations of the general revelation in creation? First, the benefit. The general revelation provides a starting point for evangelism. 
When Christians are out telling other people about the Lord who has revealed himself in Jesus Christ, we're not speaking into a void. When you have witnessed to somebody, something within the non-believer connects with our witness because they have some knowledge of God from their experience of living in this world. All around them is the beautiful nature of God. It is the signature of God. People are not stupid. They know that no man made all this. When I was in college, I took one philosophy class. Sorry I did later, but I took took one class. The main thing that they wanted to teach us, that's semester was, there was a prime mover. Everything just didn't appear out of nothing. The the earth didn't, nobody just snapped their finger and it all appeared except God. There was a prime mover. And the prime mover is God. And that's all it possibly could be. Paul followed this approach when he gave a Christian witness to the people of Athens. The Bible says Paul stood up in the meeting of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I see that in every way you are very religious people. For as I walked around and looked at your objects of worship, I even found an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. Paul said, now what you worship is something unknown. I am going to proclaim to you. In other words, I'm going to explain to you who that is. Now what you worship is something that is wonderful. It's beyond anything else in the whole world, in the whole universe. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and of earth and does not live in temples built by hands. Paul then used the idea of God's general revelation as a platform to tell the Athenians that this God had revealed himself partially in creation, but fully in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you can come to know him. Whenever we share with someone about God's revelation in Christ, there is something within that person that you're talking to that they can connect to creation. They know that some man didn't do it. Why? Because of this general revelation of God. However, acknowledging the benefit of this general revelation, we need to recognize also the limitations. The knowledge of God revealed in creation is limited in some ways. The knowledge of God revealed in creation is limited by its scope. The ultimate aim of revelation is not that we know about God but that we know God himself. Not that we believe he exists, 
but that we live in relationship with him. That requires something more than just a general revelation. Through creation, we learn of the existence of God and we learn of the sovereign power of God. That is something, but that is not enough. We need to know in order more to know God completely. To make it possible for us to know him, God had revealed to his people all over the world the love that came toward us, that he has given us a place where we can get in touch with him through his son, Jesus Christ. He did that in Christ and Christ alone. In John 14, 6, he says, Jesus told Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. George Washington Carver, who had a long, long love affair with nature, found evidences of God in every part of nature. He once put it like this. I love to think of nature as an unlimited broadcasting station through which God speaks to every one of us every hour, if only we will tune him in. Are you tuned in today? You've seen the general revelation. You know that that was made by God. You've seen mountains and deserts and oceans. You know that God made that. God also sent his son. And you know that as you open his word, as you talk with believers, as you come to worship. Knowing those things, you can commit your heart and your life to the risen Savior. Today, we're going to sing a hymn of invitation. I'm going to stand down here at the front. If you feel God leading you, urging you to take a step toward Christ, I pray that you would do it. Just slip out and slip forward. Come and take a stand for him. If you're here, you've been visiting with us for a period of time. You need a church home where you can learn more about the Lord Jesus. So come and join with us. Just say, I want to be a part of a Bible-believing, teaching, preaching church. I want to be here so I can grow closer to Christ. Today, if he's calling you, slip out and slip forward. Let's stand together as we sing.